hey, can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Sue. Okay, and I can mm-hmm. hear you. That's good. I never know whether I have to be on mute or not nowadays. So I just hit the record button, and Alex, you are going to fall off this bed. <laughs> Don't go any further, dude. You're going to go down. Yay, you're coming out of my headset now, into my ears. <laughs> Yay. Hey, success. Yay. I don't know why it feels like it has to reinstall every time. Oh, because it's a pain. I've done this since um, whenever uh, Death and Aaron and I did Ball of Beasts. Ugh, now I'm stuck in the couch. Alex, I, I don't care if you're in here. I don't care if you're laying on me, but you cannot rub on the computer. <laughs> of course, that's what he wants to do. Oh, he gets so frustrated with me when I tell him no. So, hi. I haven't talked to some of you for a while. Yeah, I miss you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you. Well, like, I'm around now, so I can do this whenever now. I don't have the crappy connection nor the lack of time. That's good to know. So... I guess both you and Scarlett were starting school things today. Is that correct, or am I? I'm not. That's the weird thing. Ah, uh, okay. Scarlett didn't get to play school today. <laughs> I don't go back till tomorrow. Fun. September first, just like Hogwarts. Yep. And I'm gonna wear my. I gotta find my nine and three quarters shirt for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I actually have off tomorrow, so this is pretty good too. Well, that works out well. I have somebody that's coming about 8.15 to pick up a bowl, but she can get it from my mom without any trouble if we're not done, which this is a five-hour reading, and that's in an hour and a half, so we probably (laughs) won't be done, but maybe we could, you know, skim or something. You would not actually talk about every single detail of the chapter? I know. I know. It's really hard for us, but maybe we should try that just so... (laughs) Or the chapter. Maybe it would be easier if we just did a chapter per episode, and then we wouldn't have to go for five hours. Yeah, that's true. That's we'll two, that. maybe. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But see how far we get, I guess. I don't know. Have you read to sna- to uh, shape and change before? You know, I might have. I'm looking at this, and it does look familiar. So <laughs> it's possible that I may have actually read this fic. That would be a good thing. It was posted up on the forum a little while ago and that we put it on our list and then it's just taken this long to get there, so um, it's possible. Very, very slow. Hmm. I wonder what I did with the stuff I brought in with me. So what what chapter are we starting with? Chapter eight. Okay. I have chapter eight up right now. Which is called Backlash, but we should probably introduce ourselves first. Okay. You should do the official, you know, podcast starting thing. All right. Scott, would you like to officially podcast start us? Sure, why not? For Friday, May 20th, this is episode 234 of Butterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Nerdy awesome fun. Nerdy awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How much over love? If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. We're just having adventures. Yep. Adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. I'll talk best Straight Yep. Ha 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 we're evil. How's that going? Come on. <laughs> 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 
I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. Same state time, same state channel. It's all state time. It's going to be fun, Patricia. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, my God. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> I think we where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everyone, the original and sometimes still the best podcast in the <laughs> Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I am Scott. I'm Sue. I'm P.S. And I'm Scarlett. <laughs> I was waiting to see what was going to happen. I wasn't sure if I should go 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 last because I feel like I haven't been on in forever, so I feel like I'm like starting all over again, like I'm at the bottom. The peons, peons. It's the the ants featuring thing at the... Yes, that's what I am. It's like when 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 you got your your start of the movie, it's you know Scott and Sue in Potterfit Weekly, but then at the end, it's featuring P.S. and <laughs> Scarlet. That's like the the um the consolation for when they have some big name actor in a small role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not that I'm yeah. saying that I'm a big name actor. <laughs> I think I would actually get put in at the the credits. The, that are just going over after you come back from commercial, so you would just see my name over <laughs> like the, the action. The, the, what they call the recurring cast or whatever. Yeah, I'm a recurring cast. I'm not even, I'm not special enough in the intro intro sequence. I'm not special enough to be a and featuring. Did you know uh, Michael Hogan is in the second part of the credits for BSG? So, well, there you go. I'm just saying. I think. Uh, well, well, we think you're both quite special, so yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have you. We think you're special, too. We wouldn't have invited you if we didn't want you here. So well, that means I want to be the pulse of my cold, dead heart. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart's cold and dead? Does that mean mine has to be alive, then? Yes. We, ha- we can only have one cold and dead heart at a time. You guys will have to <laughs> trade back and forth. But but can't that just be what the Ravenclaws are doing today? Having cold, dead hearts? Oh, the Ravenclaws. So, there could. we go. The name of it's our podcast <laughs> is The Cold, Dead Heart Ravenclaws. No, it won't be. You'll come up with something better. Do you think? Yeah. We'll see. Yes. What happens. Give, give us five hours. <laughs> well, no, I'm yeah. not staying here for five hours. I had to uh, come up with the thing for the 100th episode of Point of View Weekly and at one point we said, well, we should call it We're All Full of Shit. And Ryan said, we can't get that on iTunes. <laughs> I sent Ryan a message. I said, can I get shite on iTunes? He said, I think so. I said, all right, that works. <laughs> so that's oh, what we boy. did. Well, I was, I have been a notorious bleeding heart. So I guess now I have a cold dead heart. Mm, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess if it bleeds, then it that does was, you die. Know, yeah. The one, the one where I didn't care about them through, um, that was Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not care that they 
<laughs> ran out the window or something. I, I haven't listened to that episode in forever, but I was downloading those episodes, so I saw the show notes, and I can't even remember that I didn't care. I don't remember not caring. Aww. Mm-hmm. That's, it's always interesting to see what's in the show notes, because you can't always remember what those are referring to, but, oh, uh, well. Or the titles. I mean, it'll be like, P.S. Loves something crazy, and I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, we have a recent one called uh, Will Wheaton Does Melinda Leo, so, you know. <laughs> I still have to listen to that, the part where Will does Melinda, not the actual podcast itself. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to the audiobooks of that one, so. Yeah, Sometime I haven't either, because I, I haven't wanted to shell out 30 bucks. But we are reading... We have a victory. To Shape or Snape and Change. Oh, no, I should do it right. To Shape and Change. I read it as Snape for the first the first whole time I read the whole story. It was to Snape and Change. I still write Snape about every time I have somebody snap. So about every time I write a character snapping, I write he's snaped. Sorry, sorry. Now... Just to insert our musical theater quota for the episode, I just have this mental image of Snape and West Side Story during the... Yes, it's like... <laughs> during the snapping scene. Yes, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Snape, it's going to be like Snape and like these Slytherins going down. Yeah, the Snape gang and the, <laughs> the Lion gang. Yes. If I was really clever, I would, like, make a filk out of it, but I just can't. When when you're a Snape, you're a Snape all the way. It's not even funny. That's not even funny. <laughs> no, what's more funny is making Sue have to find the clips uh. for everything I reference. How's that going, Sue? I love you. I know you do. I do send you messages on occasion and say, um, find this for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so. it's easier that way because you yeah, already know what that. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like when Death World demands, editor, insert this, and I'm the editor, and I'm like, no. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. no it's more yeah. of the fact that I referenced, what was it, four or five different things in one episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recently? We we had a whole bunch of them the other day. And you didn't ask me. and yeah, you know. I found them all, and then a little upset. There you were, and I should have had you find them, but I was on a roll. My nephew says to tell you hi. He hi. has appeared on Facebook to ask me the Netflix password. Ah, uh, very important things to know. And then he wanted to know if Grandma was back, and I said, "I'm podcasting." He says, "Tell your people hi." Instead of leaving me alone, which was the hint. <laughs> The people say hi. He just likes to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. For a second, I thought we were about to have Sue's Netflix password revealed on live television. (laughs) Probably Uh, best Probably not not the best thing, yeah. I'm going to just, yes, everyone. (laughs) Sue suddenly discovers she's been signed up for the 12 DVD at a time plan that costs $206. (laughs) Uh, Everybody who's trying to listen, it's password. But with capital letters all over the place, and yeah. there's a number instead of a yeah. vowel. You have mm-hmm. to go guess, and, and you it also ends have to with guess one, two, her. Three, four. <laughs> and you also have to guess her username. Go forth. Go forth. Usually, usually, it's, it's usually not my. Sue a duck's foot. <laughs> it is not Sue a duck's foot. Well, there you go. 
I will will very uh, confidently tell you that. And I never do one, two, three, four in my passwords. I always do four, three, two, one. Ah, there you go. Oh, we need Hagrid right here. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Hagrid. I think yeah. you did a wonderful yeah. job just now. One, two, three, four, or Q-W-E-R-T-Y, or A-S-D-F-G. Those are Hagrid's passwords. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I, th- I don't think it would be that methodical. I think he wouldn't have that much precision. And- <laughs> Hagrid can't type. He just bangs on the keyboard. He would have to hunt and peck, and then he'd always be having to backspace because he... Oh, I shouldn't have hit that. I shouldn't have hit that. Yeah. It's a misspell. It's a misspelling of Dumbledore. That's what... Oh, no. I I was about to make an inappropriate joke. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Hagrid cake. Hagrid... I shouldn't have hit that is what Hagrid says the next morning. Hagrid's password is slam the Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm gonna use that for a password. That's a good password. I need to use that. It is a good password. You got mm-hmm. half and half up my nose. <laughs> You're drinking half and half. What's wrong with drinking half? Oh, this is what you people call an Arnold Palmer. It's iced tea and lemonade. Okay, I actually have had a lot of that this year. They never used to have it here, but this year they actually decided to have it. I have my mics. I'm good. I have water. Just, you know, that's a thing. It Dull. is a good thing. You mean I'm supposed to be drinking something on this podcast? You don't have Oops. to. Oops. Not even water. It's not a requirement. A, I, I just Probably find, a little you know. safer. Mm-hmm. Unless we make you... Yeah, especially if we make you laugh, because then you won't have to spit water all over the keyboard. Yeah, all over the the devices. I don't think Ico or Kazool would like that. Probably, no, probably not. not. But I suppose we should actually talk about the fic we were talking about. That we started. What fic is it's, it, Scott? <laughs> it's Two Shape and Change. <laughs> oh, yes, by Blue Owl. By Blue Owl. And we're starting with Part 8, Backlash, where we left off in 7. Snape was sort of helping all of the heads of house figure out new security measures for the um, for the stone. They're not going to put it in the third floor corridor. And th- he's also revealed to uh, Sprout and Dumbledore that Harry is a slumbering mage. And they have to sort of figure out what to do with that. Yes, and so we have... And they've just, uh, well, tried to arrest Quirrell and get rid of Voldemort. And Quirrell, of course, didn't make it, and Voldemort is off in the ether. And that's how we start with part eight, is Dumbledore's thinking about everything that's gone on. And one of the things that went on is that they had to inform the Wizengamot and the Ministry that Voldemort is back. Mm -hmm. And even though the Minister doesn't want to believe it, because he had Madame Bones and two of the Aurors, he is able to convince them. He's got reputable witnesses. Hey! Sorry, I just got smacked by a cat. Yeah, that happens. And Dumbledore's also noticed that there's something odd about... So he can mm-hmm. tell that there's something different, but he can't quite figure out what. So I'm sure that at some point it is going to come out that he's time-traveled. Mm-hmm. But probably not for a little while to. yet. And that is interesting that they show his point of view of this, because I feel like these redos very rarely 
go into somebody else's point of view and show that the person is acting weird. They kind of just sort of roll along with the fact that, you know, suddenly whoever character has gone back, it used to be universally Harry, but in the past few years it's, it's increased. I feel like this is a trend that is blown up completely since the release of Deathly Hallows. I don't think there are any from before then. But um, I don't know. I think. Well, this way they know more precisely what the things are to change and things yes. like that. So. There are benefits to writing in a, what the canon is over. Mm-hmm. Although this fic doesn't have Horcruxes, so that's kind of makes it seem like it's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that was a deliberate choice because it was it was started in late 2010, so it was after Deathly Hallows existed, but it decided to go in a different direction with this one. Right. And Dumbledore was a little concerned about Harry's sorting, so he tried to talk to Hat about it, but Hat wouldn't share. Because Hat, of course, had Harry Pace, and it took forever and everything, and Dumbledore's like, uh... What's going on? What's going on? So basically, sortings kind of have a HIPAA law on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hat cannot disclose what what goes on during a sorting without the express permission of the sortie. There you go. Something like that, yes. (laughs) And And it just makes me wonder if, like, Dumbledore would have asked a hat about it in the canon, because we know what the problem was in canon or why. I mean, I'm not even sure if it's meant... Meant to have taken Harry a long time in the canon, but um, it wanted to put him in Slytherin, presumably because of the Horcrux. I mean, I don't know if that's kind of the impression that everybody got, but that's kind of the impression that I get. Mm-hmm. So you do wonder if, you know, Dumbledore might have consulted the hat. It's a bit early. I mean, he hadn't suspected that Harry was a Horcrux, but... Yeah. I don't know if I agree with... I mean, yeah, I think the Horcrux definitely was an influence... On, but mm-hmm. I think I think Part Harry could have, just... could have gone either way, but there was it might have been a bit of a louder mm-hmm. possibility. I've always sort of thought sense. of it as being because Harry's never been allowed to shine before because he's always had to be mm-hmm. less than Dudley, and so he's got this need to show what he can do, and that's what sort of almost puts him in Slytherin. Um, mm. That's that's a thought. Because he does, he, he puts it as a thirst to prove yourself. And really, that's when Harry sets in with not Slytherin, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. There's really nothing more to it than just that. Right. So, so maybe he's still kind of in canon trying to not, I mean, he just wants to be Harry. So in, mm-hmm. in some ways, he doesn't want to stand out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I think I'm arguing against my own point, but that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> well, I think there's there's some of both to it. I mean, yeah, you do have Harry who has just found out that he's famous and he doesn't like it. But you also have Harry who wants to prove himself in the sense that he wants to show who he is and not who... Because everybody knows who he is. And people have this preconceived idea of him. He's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wants to show, like, who he really is. But yeah. while also not wanting to stand out. I mean, it, it sounds kind of contradictory when I can't really put it in better terms. But I, I think you get what I mean. Because it's like he's trying yeah. to prove that he is who he is and not just Harry The boy Potter. who lived. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to everyone to acknowledge him for being just Harry. Um, yeah, right. That's why he's thing. not, he doesn't mind being semi famous at school for Quidditch mm-hmm. because at least that's something he did. 
Right. Right. See, that's another thing that I think, and I think this is more Fanon, and this is something that you see in a lot of fics where Harry is some shy, shrinking violet who doesn't want anybody to look at him, and he hates being famous, and, you know, but really that's not it. He just does not like, you know, Lockhart or whoever, or people that think he's trying to ride on his fame and whatever. But he's really, mm-hmm. it's, but if it's something that he did himself, like Scott says with the Quidditch, then he's fine with being acknowledged, I think. I mean, right. I don't think we really get in canon that he hates a lot of attention. It's just that he hates a particular type of attention. Well, and, and you can blame him. And sorry, I know you, okay, after you, Sue, I, I know this is going to jump around a lot, and I don't remember whether this is jumping forwards or backwards since I just read all 16 chapters today. But to tie this to the fic... I mean, Which is what I was just going to do, so go ahead. <laughs> I mean, when Zachariah Smith is going on and on, oh, you must just love this, he's being Harry freaking Potter, he loves the attention, Harry just kind of snaps a little. Loses and, it. And when he gets an, yet another scar from saving Draco, he's like, you know, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Because that's... this is something I did, and not something that happened to me. That was the part I was going to bring back to, was the scar that he got from saving Draco. Because, yeah, he has a really good feeling about that scar. He's not, it's not like his cursed lightning scar. And it's because it's through something that he did. And it's the same with the Quidditch. He can be famous through something that he's done via the Quidditch. But just being the boy who lived, that's not it. But to go back to what P.S. said in the beginning, I have always kind of thought that Part of the reason that they considered Slytherin for him was because of the Horcrux and the fact that there was part of Voldemort in him. Yeah, it does make sense now that we know that exists. Although I have to say, I like what the hat says here. He's Dumbledore is kind of fishing and trying to say, well, was there a house that was close second to Hufflepuff? And the hat says, well, I'll tell you, he's the most cunning, rationally brave Hufflepuff I've ever sorted. <laughs> yeah, lots of help there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love hat. <clears throat> and I will say, I mean, I, I hate to keep going back to the uh, hat, but I, I think the thing that jumps out is that is just that he says, I think, I just want to read what the hat says real quick because I was trying to bring it up. He says, hmm, difficult, very difficult. Plenty of courage, I see, not a bad mind either. There's talent, oh my goodness, yes, and a nice thirst to prove yourself. Now that's interesting. So where shall I put you? Now I think the reason for the difficult, very difficult, and the now that's interesting, I mean, of course, there's no tone in the text, but there's a tone in the movie, but... um. I think he's noticing that he definitely is noticing there's two souls in there. Mm-hmm. That, that could, could be. very well be. Yeah. yeah. I've seen fix where that's more explicit as well. Everyone has a slightly different approach to the sorting if they don't just skip it as something you've already seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what I wrote in Jane. And I just come up with this brilliant idea about how it was the Horcrux the whole time. And I can't <laughs> even tell you what I wrote. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't do Harry sorting in mine, so yeah, can't help on that one. Sorting's fun. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah, one I didn't of the reasons it works it. so well to have the fix where Harry shows up in different houses is because he is very close to being Hatstall. He's kind of mm-hmm. in the middle of everybody. You can, if you 
weight things in one direction or another, you can right. make that change. Like this one where he's, you know, got some good advice from Snape over the summer and really been uh, working hard at learning all of these things ahead of time, ends up putting him in Hufflepuff. And Neville deciding on the train that he really likes this kid and he's going to back him up no matter what puts him in Hufflepuff because he was close to start with and then this brings his loyalty up higher than his bravery. So basically his character stat points got messed with because of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Something of that nature, yes. I mean, it's a good messing with. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. It's just that was just the way you were saying it. It made me think of character stats. Yeah. I've seen fix where they do that, too, where uh, uh, Harry dies in the forest, and then it's like, would you like to load a save game? And it turns out he's I playing read the one. game of his life. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, let's go to easy mode, please. <laughs> what on earth are you I have read about? this fic. Hang on. I've got it. <laughs> yeah. It's, and yeah, Harry, Potter Harry starts applying like, video game cheats to his life. And, Harry uh, Potter dies in the graveyard of Little Hangleton. Game over, start new game. Oh, dear. <laughs> yep. Pretty sure that's... kind of fun. That's interesting. Yeah. But getting Somebody back to made this one where Vic... Hedwig did that, too, but it didn't last very long. <laughs> Hedwig gets a do-over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Poor Hedwig. But back, but back to this fic where Snape gets a do-over. Yes. Yes, exactly. He does. And we have poor Harry waking up in the hospital... After being unconscious for, I think, two days, after having saved Draco from almost certain death. Because mm-hmm. Draco got on the broom that Neville had last time. Yeah, and, and so... crashes into the wall. Yeah. So we're taking a little bit of liberty from the movie there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, of course, Harry's first thought is of Draco, and then of the snake. Actually, it takes him a few minutes to remember the snake. But she assures him that his magic could not hurt her. Yes. Fortunately, she's a magical coral snake. Mm-hmm. Coral's probably the closest this fit gets to a Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Sandy. Yeah. She's got very pretty colors and she's extra magical and everyone likes her. <laughs> and later she even gets clothes. Mm. Very exciting. Does she, does she turn into a person? I don't, I don't think, so, no. think so. I haven't been so she that She probably far. really doesn't count. I don't think anyone falls inexplicably in love with her or the like. But yeah. well, It's interesting how many people really like her. The students all kind of want to see her. Some of them are afraid. But then later, you know, we find out that Mrs. Malfoy is really taken with her. And Madam, what is her name? The one that makes the clothes? Mal- Malkin. Madam Malkin's very taken with her and stuff like that. That so. does sound like a Barry Sue, <laughs> where all, <laughs> all these random characters love the person. Yeah, well, Narcissa Malfoy makes sense. I mean, Coral was instrumental in helping save Draco. Mm-hmm. This is true. Madam Malkin, yeah, that's where you have random mm-hmm. char- character adoration. But, you know, lots but- of people enjoy small, cute pets, so. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, come on, this is Harry freaking Potter's pet. This is true. And how many times am I going to have to put that clip in this podcast? <laughs> you don't. He's Harry Potter. <laughs> Come yeah, I on. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Harry learns that Dumbledore has talked to Snape and Sprout and Madame Pomfrey, and he is going to get to start 
working in the hospital wing on weekends and learning how to actually heal. Yeah, because it's easier to do when you know precisely what you're wanting your magic to do. Mm -hmm. At this point, he's basically just been shoving magic and saying, fix that. (laughs) But that's a common thing that you see with characters learning how to heal. I'm thinking of an of a book series. I'm thinking of, which one is it? Uh, the Immortals Quartet by Tamara Pierce. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When the yeah. when the protagonist is learning how to heal animals, initially it's just a shove magic in, and then it's okay. Th- you can just focus it on doing these three things, and, mm-hmm. oh, look, you're not passing out every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar with Healing Gift in the Valdemar series and things like that, too. And you also see that Harry has adults in his life who care about him, and, and he recognizes it. And I like the, the sentence, Harry had a fluttering thought that maybe this was how it felt to be loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he doesn't really know what to do with that, which no. is sad, Aww. but still, he's figuring it out. Yeah, and then we have Draco, who is on his way to the hospital wing, and... He runs into Neville and some other Hufflepuffs waiting outside. Yeah. So. And the great Hufflepuff Slytherin Alliance is born. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. He decides to be straightforward about why he's come, and he wants to go see Harry and say thank you. Yes. And Justin said, well, it looked pretty bad. We had to stay back, but red's an easy color to see. (laughs) You were pretty red there, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. I, he didn't quite say that. Most the color red bit was narration, but who oh, he had to have been thinking it really loud. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, Ernie asked if it hurt. And <laughs> yeah. Sarcastic eleven-year-old Draco. No, it felt wonderful. Merlin, what do you think? Jagged bone digging into raw nerves feels like. And then to have said bone shards align, rejoin to reform your shattered skull. It bloody hurts. <laughs> Oh, wasn't thinking. Mm -hmm. Ernie has a bit of a problem with that, but, you know, he's 11, so what can he do? Dumbledore and Sprout come out of the infirmary and notice this clot of people. and Oh, yes, you're here to visit Mr. Potter. So uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to see you. And so they all hurry in and uh, have to take their moment before Madame Pomfrey kicks them out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And And then we shift back to Snape's point of view. Yes. Because what what happens when you get Lucius Malfoy on your side? Right. Stuff happens. Things <laughs> get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that he was part of the group of people that were saying, oh, no, you guys don't need new brooms. Oh, you don't need that. You don't need that. And then all of a sudden his son's hurt and is like, by God, we're going to have new brooms and we're going to have new boards and... I think everybody needs a million dollars in their account, and yeah. And we are going to provide these students with helmets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lucius is the chair of the PTA. <laughs> oh, dear. No, he's the treasurer. Mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> and he's saying, you know, we have this money, we are using it, and if we do not use it, your pet projects will never get funded again. <laughs> yep. That's about it. They're going to overhaul and reorganize the spending at Hogwarts. 
they've asked Albus to provide a list of things that uh, he thinks need a little more funding. And he's from, well, <laughs> since you ask, there's that and that and that and that and that well, and that and that and that and that and those other seven things that I've asked about three times. Uh, yeah. It was a in-depth three-foot-long roll of parchment. Yeah. <laughs> and you just know that he has had that waiting. And, and it's it's small writing. It's not that big stuff. It's, it's you know. And I bet you it's a really wide roll mm-hmm. of parchment, mm-hmm. too. And it's got, like, bullet points and in-depth. Like, well, this is the basic idea, but if we were to get more funding, we could expand it to this, this, and this, which would be much, much more safety conscious. And don't you know the student would learn so much more? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kind of makes me wonder how one sends letters with Fox. Does he have control over where his flame goes, or does the parchment have to be like flame proofed firsthand? I think it, he's magical enough that it doesn't do anything. He just puts it in his feet and goes. Yeah. I just have this, like, there, I just have a vision of like a little leather roll, like a document roll mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he would put things into and it would be flame proof. Um, that could be too. Asbestos carrying case. <laughs> <laughs> Magical asbestos. Fox is not getting. And Fox got cancer or whatever. Got Fox got mesothelioma. Oh, how's, how's that for? Would, how's Dumbledore that for a depressing ending? Dumbledore a... would be the one getting mesothelioma because oh, Fox yeah. takes him around everywhere. If I could spell that, that could be the next title. But there's no way. Fox has mesothelioma. <laughs> We can fix that can for you, Sue. There it is. This is what happens when you have Ravenclaw on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was this? No, I'm <laughs> P.S. Mm-hmm. I meant to have Ravenclaw on the podcast. <laughs> Your idea and Scott's idea. <sighs> oh. Dang those Hufflepuffs. It's kind of a joint from... <sighs> so we get to see Harry's first weekend at the hospital wing, and... Mm-hmm. He doesn't have all that much to do because most, mostly they don't come in on the weekends. The emergency things happen during class time. But um, she's got a couple of students in for things like stomach aches or the like. And she's gathered up her old textbooks for him to read through. Yeah. And it's sort of like a reference library. He's not going to take them with him for reading. But when he's there, he can look stuff up. Yeah. And he likes that. I think she'd be a good teacher, at least the way she's shown here in this fic. Because mm-hmm. it says she's using the book as a guide instead of a script. And, oh, mm-hmm. I, having had professors who use their PowerPoints as a script, mm-hmm. it is so excruciatingly boring. Yeah. Yes. Although occasionally you get the ones who do that and also put them up for download. So if you miss a day, you can just download the PowerPoint and yeah, you know exactly what you would have learned. <laughs> yeah, but right. then it's the it's even worse because I have to be here, except yeah. I really don't, but I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not part of my, my life anymore because I graduated. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so now we see... Neville, and he's really excited because he gets a real wand. He does. Well, one of his own. Because Dumbledore has stepped in and had a talk with Gran and said, this wand that you have given him does not work with him. You need to get him his own wand. And you can't really argue with Dumbledore. You can't. It's such a great thing. And he's much more impactful than McGonagall. 
right. We're um, writing to Augusta. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just probably. Because you, just because you failed your charms out doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile subject. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is one of the good things about this fic is because Dumbledore went and confronted Quirrell much earlier in the year, now they get Dumbledore as defense teacher, which I think would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm oh sure my, yes. Dumbledore it's would always, be a great defense teacher. It's always interesting seeing Dumbledore substitute because I've seen yes. him substitute for defense. I've seen him substitute for potions. Mm-hmm. Transfiguration. He should have substituted for I mean, and this never, this, this never happened in canon, did it? That it's completely a fanfic thing where they walk into the classroom and Dumbledore is there. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah, it? I'm it pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. We only no. ever see him in his office in the Great Hall, pretty much. The only <laughs> substitute you ever see is Snape, Snape. for Remus. Yeah. Snape. Which is weird. Snape. When you think about it. I mean, it's like, who was teaching potions? If we're supposed to believe that the Hogwarts teaching staff is pretty much scheduled block to block... Now could he afford to substitute for Remus? Well, what they didn't tell you That's is that Dumbledore he was. had a, oh, I was gonna say <laughs> he had a time turner and he yeah. did both classes at once. That's how much of a grudge Snape has. Yes. I must have a time yeah. turner. I'm I must stick it to Remus. <laughs> Either that or well, it's just the, the new class and he's like, follow the blackboard, I'll be back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen him where they've put older students in charge of the younger classes and just said, you know, just to, they go and teach them. Maybe it was an upper year, an upper year course that was mostly Slytherins. Mm -hmm. Think about it, like how bad of an education these kids get. And then they put the older kids in charge of teaching the younger ones. It's very scary. I don't know. That's an interesting thing. We never really thought of what would be what would have been Snape's class at that point. We just sort of figured that he didn't have one. Well, and it could be, you know, the kids have open classes. It could be that there are one class a week yeah. or something like that that's an open mm-hmm. class, and that's that why they- Snape took that class is because he was the only one that had an open yeah. open time slot. Maybe they traded off, and so somebody else did it another yeah. another hour. That's what the Hufflepuffs get to be taught by um, McGonagall or Sprout or someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Vector. <laughs> or Burbage. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That would make I mean, Madam Hooch! Sinister. We talk about Sinister. all the time how Madam Hooch doesn't work. Madam Hooch, Madam Hooch is always too busy to do such and such. Madam Hooch apparently teaches two flying lessons and... And referees. And referees the matches. She teaches two flying lessons per year and referees the Quidditch matches. I think Madam Hooch can substitute too. Well, what about Professor Sin- Sinister? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, all, all of her classes are at night, aren't they? Mm-hmm. She's but she's got to sleep during the day so she can teach her classes at night. Yeah. Ah, who needs sleep? I've never seen a fic where Sinistra's the vampire. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> she's the one you only see at night. <laughs> But it's Snape that's the vampire. Don't lie to me. So we have poor Harry has come back from, well, I shouldn't say poor Harry because he's had a really good time. And here's what I was talking about with Zachariah Smith being Mm -hmm. an absolute idiot. Oh, call him him what he is. He's an asshat. (laughs) Oh, at home, he doesn't even need to lift a finger. I bet the Munkles are ecstatic with him. It's... Um, he, well, 
<laughs> he's got a life of luxury, goodies and special treatment up to his ears, and he's not even a pure blood like you, I bet. My uh-huh. family has traced its roots back to Helga Hufflepuff herself, which is much more than I can say possibly yes. claim. His father came from a simple line, That's... though respected, it wasn't particularly powerful. And as for his mother, his mother yeah, was a bloody, good-for-nothing mudblood. Mud yeah. Somebody needs a quill to the neck. Somebody mm. needs to wash that kid's mouth out with soap. Oh, couldn't if Helga we was around at this with... point, she'd be boxing his ears. Mm-hmm. Couldn't we wash it out with, like, the stinks, with stink sap? Yeah, that would Ooh. work, too. Then you have to wash it three times. Exactly. Make him more miserable. I love that Cedric went and got help because nobody in canon ever goes for help. Nobody ever goes to get help. And, you know, we have learned over these years of reading fan fiction that when they actually go for help, <gasps> help arrives. It helps. Yeah. Yes. Don't will we'll help you. But, and Harry does really well through all of this until they start calling his mother names, at which point. He sort of loses control of his magic, and everything that's glass explodes throughout the room. And, yeah. But nobody really got hurt. No. Just kind of shell-shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good light a show. wind w- whipping around, and he's got all the dramatic things happening with his robes and stuff, I expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his uh, hair is wind- blowing in the wind, you know. The wind machine from Ollivander's is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except the angelic choir is more like the the choir from the Duel of the Fates from Star Wars. Very angry. <laughs> I was going to reference that too. Yep. Proud <laughs> <laughs> has Zachariah Smith in her office, and he's going to be serving detention for the next week, four days with Filch, and the last one with her because she likes to make sure her Hufflepuffs have learned their lesson. Good, Good professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she's the best professor. I mean, we don't n- really know much about, about Flitwick, but it's got to be either her or Flitwick that are the best actual professors on that in that school because McGonagall's a little neglectful at times of her house. <laughs> she has too I mean, many other things to do. Yeah. And that is why you do not put people in multiple positions when they're supposed to be in charge of children. <laughs> Something like that, Yes. Yeah, Flitwick's a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Horace is a good teacher. There you go. Yeah. yeah, well. Mostly, anyway. He has his blind spots, but I guess everybody does. Yeah. Blind spots. I think Canon Snape learned. has a blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> He's got what a What did few. you learn from Snape? I did see, did you guys see Joe's tweet I from, I guess, yesterday? That's when it arrived in my mailbox. No. Saying that... Somebody asked a question about Snape and whether or not he would have cared for Harry if he didn't love Lily. And she said, no, he could have cared less about Harry if he hadn't loved Lily and he wouldn't have done anything to help him at all. Ouch. Or something to that effect. That sounds accurate. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds accurate to character, though. Harry's dead. killed him. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it, too. Sadness. Sadness. So we have Sprouts thinking about Harry's control. Mm-hmm. All that fury and the control 
and it's kind of impressive. However, there really are better things that Harry could have done, even though adults would have had a hard time staying cool during that mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And uh, Severus is not a happy camper. <sighs> Go away, phone. Because the phone kept ringing in his office. I don't know Can if you imagine phone... Hogwarts with phones. Yeah. With the great voice that goes with it. <laughs> Mom might be out in the garden. She was going to take the kitten for a walk. I'm just thinking of all the students, all the Muggleborns lined up at the payphone. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that is the only phone on, on campus that works. Right. Be the payphone. And, every, and everybody's hexing each other. It's like, Rick to Sempra. And then the, whoever's on the phone is laughing and trying to hold on to the receiver because if you let go, that's automatic forfeit. Next mm-hmm. person takes Next it. Next person gets it. There you go. I'm like, now I'm picturing, you know, when cell phones started getting big and like the, some Muggleborn, Muggleborn's parent is trying to send them with a cell phone and they're, you know, baffled that, you know, phones weren't working at Hogwarts. Well, I think you should take a phone so that you can get in touch with us if you have an emergency. Mm-hmm. Phones don't work at Hogwarts. <laughs> but, and then but they're that can't frantically calling and calling and calling. Yes. And, and they drive and then, to Hogwarts. <laughs> they drive. I mean, they don't even know where it is. They drive and drive and drive. Just check every ruined castle. <laughs> yes. Until they possibly find. They see. <laughs> I can see it now. They like pull up to this ruined castle and they're like, nobody's here. And then they see Filch come out the door, you know, with his little bucket of mop water and dump it out and and then, like, disappear back in so that, you know, there's this great castle there, but they can't see it. It's invisible. All they see is Filch come out with his mop bucket and then disappear back in there again. Yeah. Like, yeah I Why can is someone this. mopping up this ruin? It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, and then they drive on. Somebody's mopping out this ruin. Hmm, that's very strange. And now they have to start all over again. Uh-huh. Yep. At least the castle doesn't really move. Because if the castle moved, then they'd, it would just well, be hopeless. You don't know that. I mean, the staircases move. The castle could be moving, and you just are not aware of it. The town would have to move, too, and all of that. Mm, that's true. It's magic. Know. Yeah, magic is weird sometimes. It is. So we've been going an hour. We haven't even made it through the first chapter. We are not doing this very well. <laughs> We're supposed to do this well? Aren't you glad you had us on? <laughs> it would yeah, have been much actually. more efficient as the, the Sue and Scott show. Yeah, yeah but it wouldn't but have this been. This is fun. It would not have been nearly as fun. Ah, stupid, stupid, stupid. Sorry. I'm sewing at the moment, and my thread keeps getting stuck on my pins. Well, you're no. not supposed to have your pins out with your thread. But they're holding my... I'm working on coasters. I'm putting the binding oh, on them. Oh, those kind of pins. I was thinking writing pins. I'm sorry. Coaster pins. I understand. Pins, not pens. That's okay. I uh, <laughs> Calvin moved a bunch of great big brick stepping stone things. Stop it! And he put them behind the barn, or behind the garage, which was great. But he dumped them all on top of these poor struggling plants that we've been trying to keep alive all summer. And, you know, I've got one that's sort of alive and the other two that are mostly dead. And I walked out there and there's, you know, these great big blocks of concrete on top of them. So I was trying to save them. And apparently I cut my finger because if you hit it just right, it hurts like crazy. 
And I just hit it moving the cat, so which is why I screamed ouch earlier. If anybody was wondering. Yeah, that's not I fun. vaguely recall. Yeah. It's one of those really fine hairline slices, you know, that you can't see. You just know when you hit it. So I'm like slathering my hands in salve at the moment, trying to hmm. magically heal it. Witch! Yes. Witch! That would be me. The witch. Or have you turned a anyone into a newt? No, but I turned somebody into a toad the other day. Did that they get so. better? What was that, Scarlet? Did they get better? Did they get better? Well, yes. they're still waiting to be kissed. Uh-huh. I hope they're, hope they're not going to wait for Umbridge to kiss them. Well, they might. That would be it cruel was, and unusual punishment. It, it, it was Umbridge that I turned into the toad, and now she's waiting for Ryan to come and kiss her. Oh, right. Bite your tongue. I don't want to know the context. That just sounds terrible. Why would you want to put Ryan through that? Well, because Ryan wanted to go on a date with Umbridge, so. Okay, what do I need to go listen to? Uh, I think wanted is a bit of a strong word. <laughs> is it the Melinda Leo one? That's. I think that's the one that has it in there. Will Wheaton does Melinda Leo, I think, is the one. I think I'd listen to that one. The one with Cora? Bob? Bob? No. Nope. Dates, uh... No, I did not listen Bella. to that one. Oh, good grief. Oh, people are crazy. We're way on course. Let's go back to Snape, who's also been driven crazy because Peter Pettigrew is gone. Yes. Gone. And things and are already get... starting to spiral out of control from mm-hmm. what he remembers in his oh, future Snape, timeline. Snape. Yeah. Snape. But not really much Ron or Hermione, though. Not so if, far. Though, whether it's before or after this point, Ron's kind of morose about the fact that Scabbers is gone. Yes, oh, yes. he is. It's too bad. And Snape has had a talk with Hermione and told her to tone it down if she wants to have any friends. <laughs> I would have hated. I would have hated to have been Hermione. That was kind of awful. I mean, that. I mean, if I it's not Hermione clear. Kind of I have more than a little bit of Hermione in me, and <laughs> that would have been so embarrassing. Oh yeah. I was just about to say that he was quite pleased that she didn't leave crying. I'm sure she she left and went somewhere and cried, but since it's from his point of view, you don't get to see that. And you just know that she was not crying there because crying in front of her, in front of a professor, let alone Professor Snape, would just be mm-hmm. horrible. Oh yeah, so much so. But hey, we get to go to the next chapter and meet Remus. Mm-hmm. Yay! And it's Halloween, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Except not really, because it's Halloween. Yes, and well, poor things happened at Halloween, but yeah, but not as much as can. This is true. Yeah, and Harry's world's not around to let a troll in, so you know. <laughs> no, that's always a good thing. Yeah, and Harry's still enjoying potions the most, but Defense Against the Dark Arts has make, made a remarkable leap under Dumbledore than mm-hmm. when it was under Quirrell. <laughs> no. You mean somebody who's actually going to teach you something? It's going to be yeah. better than someone who's scared Coral of them. Coral taught shadow? them things. What did Coral <laughs> teach them? He taught them spells. 
that they used against the troll. That is true. Mm, that's true. I actually think that it's like one of those, um, like a misconception that Quirrell didn't teach them because he had Voldemort in the back of their head. Because you don't really, I mean, we don't really see but, much class time, but, but he's not but, shown it to be incompetent as Lockhart is. But yeah. it was... It was the charms. It was when Guardian Leviosa that took out oh, the troll. Oh my gosh, you're right. Crap. So no, that, it was, that was my fit. It was Flitwit. No. <laughs> you're mixing up your shit. I'm mixing up canon in my own fit. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that. <laughs> no, it's not time for you to leave. Otherwise, the Hufflepuffs will outnumber me. They probably did learn some things from Coral. It's just hard to do because he was doing the stutter all the time. So yeah. it's like Everything having a, a, a lecture with Coral a professor who can't understand. I made that up too, didn't I? <laughs> no, I, I bet you Coral taught them stuff because he had to have been at least a competent professor beforehand. So for him to have a 100% 180 would have been suspicious. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Scarlet. Thank you. Whoa, you just got really loud, P.S. Yeah, my mic moved. Sorry. That's okay. It was just like, whoa. P.S. <laughs> voice of God. Apparently. I've read another fic where I, Voldemort actually told Quirrell to cut out that stuttering thing because it was too suspicious. <laughs> and it was annoying. <laughs> yes. Well, and in the, the story that we just read, Quirrell taught the kids... All about karate and and skeet shooting. So, what the? Yeah, it might have been that one actually. Yeah, is it, I think it's isn't it the Animagus one? Mm-hmm. Accidentally Animagus. That <laughs> that one Coral was still um, oh, using a lot with- of his former Muggle studies stuff and mm-hmm. going a little nuts on, on Muggles. Oh, that's the one where he had the gun and he was wildly waving it around? Yeah. And yes. freaked Harry and Hermione out? All of the muggle kids were, like, underneath the desk cowering, and the magical kids were like, What? Why are you all on the floor? What? Mm-hmm. I will say, if I may, raising my hand, Hermione style, in my defense, I didn't completely make it up. It says on Wiki that Flipendo, which is the the, spe- the, the skull, the spell that is used to defeat the troll in Jane. It says on Wiki that this drinks was taught by Professor Quirinius Quirrell to his first year class in 1991. So I did yeah, not invent the video game. Yeah, that's video, video game canon, game. not the book canon. Is this the stupid? Oh my gosh, the stupid Wiki! I hate this thing. Have I gone on my Wiki rant? This stupid. Wiki. Uh-oh. We have a I'm wiki sorry. Rant. Was I not supposed to tell you that I remember Flipendo from the computer game? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, you're, That's where that uh, came from. You're supposed from. to tell me when... See, this is why I hate the wiki so much. Because the wiki treats every iteration of the canon with the same weight. Weight? So, yeah. you have it acting like, you know, movie stuff is true, and video game stuff is true, and book stuff is true. And I, I get putting it all in there. But book stuff should take priority. I mean, come on, video game stuff? Mm-hmm. It, it, it says things like, you know, Harry Potter had to find five bubbles in his second year in order to unlock the door. And you read it and you're like, what the shit is this? When did that happen? <laughs> and it didn't happen in a video game. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alrighty then. We're way off course. This Harry is enjoying video- his classes. <laughs> Charms and Transfiguration are going pretty well. 
Um, he's still not so sure about the whole transfiguring animals thing, but uh, they haven't got to that yet, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's been having accidental magic kind of things, and um, especially when he was mad at Smith, and Professor Sprout decided to talk to him about it. Yeah, he's. she's decided that she's going to give him uh, special training to control his inner magic. Because she could tell he had pretty good control when the Smith incident went down, but that he could have better control. And I like that he asks if she does that for everybody. And she says, well, I always pick one student every other year, every year or so. And so she had also tutored Cedric. In Transfiguration. Mm Mm-hmm. He could have gotten there, but it's so much easier when you have some help. Yes. And so she's talking to him about control, and he's thinking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Leads to Why anger. not? Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> and now she wants to watch it. Yeah. As Harry says, it's the best series I've ever seen. Because it's the only it's series he's ever seen. <laughs> But he was really smart because he made this deal with Dudley that he would serve him and his friends food. And so they wouldn't have to get up if he could, you know, kind of hang out and wait for them to decide what else they wanted to order. Yeah, see, this was, this was going, I was just about, I mean, when I read this, I was just about to go on a rant about, um, you know, Harry would not have seen Star Wars. This is too much muggle stuff in the thick. But then I read that bit and it works. It makes it work. See, this is how you make that kind of stuff work. Mm-hmm. This is a nice little except, detail, and I think it's it's perfectly plausible. Yes, it's perfectly plausible, except for when you go back and look at the calendar, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I just looked it up. Phantom Menace came out in 99. Is that line in Phantom Menace? It's the Menace? original Star Wars. That, no, line, that line is, is from Empire Strikes Back, which was like the really? 70s. Fears of Path to the Early 80s. Really? Yep. Really? I'm Fear pretty sure. The dark side? I would have sworn. He's, he says that in Phantom Menace as well, but it's Actually, originally it's from Empire. Just to be incredibly pedantic. <laughs> no, I'm, I am. No, it is. He says it to Anakin. I'm, I'm not yeah, denying There's the whole I sense much one. fear in you yeah. thing. But yes, it, it originally okay, showed up in Empire. This out. What is it? Fear. They, oh, I'm dear. looking. <laughs> As I said, Ravenclaw. <laughs> it's just in the Phantom Menace. Oh Not my that gosh. I don't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it, but but Blue Owl. The Empire Owl, Strikes Back is all of that. Do or do not. There is no try. There is no try. There's no fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. It's in Phantom Menace. Wow. Must be near the end. It is. It is in Empire as well. He says it to Luke. What do you mean? Wait, what, Scott? He doesn't... This is... Blah, I can't word. You can't word? word. <laughs> Luke as well word. as to Anakin. <laughs> what, because people knew that path to the dark side thing before the prequel trilogy came out. Yeah, but I... But that phrase... It may be in there, but I think that ex- that phrasing is... Yeah. Yeah, you may be right. Menace. But Blue Owl... I'm sorry I'm getting hung up on it. I really am. It works really, really well, and I like it. It makes it work. I just have been on a Star Wars yeah. kick lately. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Right, here is the quote, if I may. The quote from Empire Strikes Back is, Don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. 
And it's Obi-Wan! Oh my god! It's Obi-Wan that said that! Don't give in to the hate. They have cookies. Oh, no, that's not right. Yeah. And Yoda's thing from that is anger, fear, aggression, the dark side are they. So, you know. The basic idea have been part of Star Wars the whole way through. And by the time this comes out, you'll have people in listener land will have probably seen episode seven. So you can tell us all about how, how about how this, these ideas are continued there. There you go. But in the meantime, there was a fic. There was a fic and Snape was thinking about the fact that Snape was thinking about the fact that Remus would be taking over the defense position because, Mm -hmm. because he said so. (laughs) Which is very weird in comparison to canon. Mm Mm-hmm. But Snape and Remus do have a friendship later in life in canon, so or at least a maybe not respect a friendship but a respect for each other, yeah. So working part working partnership relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as compared to Gilderoy, uh, Snape tolerates Remus much better. <laughs> so yeah. you know. I think Snape could tolerate almost anybody except Umbridge better. Better than Gilderoy. Than yes, most likely. It is true. I wonder who he would hate more. So, there's a question. The school is all abuzz that Dumbledore is going to stop teaching pretty soon, and now they're all worried about, well, what if the new person is as bad as Coral and all of this stuff? And... and and Remus comes on Halloween, and the headmaster introduces him during the feast. And even though I knew Coral wasn't there, I was waiting for the troll to appear. I don't know why. <laughs> it's almost like there's, like, this is changing things, like, I think earlier than anything I've ever read. So, like, I can't yeah. even think of a reality where there's no troll in the dungeons. Mm-hmm. Thought you ought to know. I mean, that's that's literally, that's like a cornerstone of fate. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's a cornerstone. It's the stations of canon thing. Almost nobody like changes that. Right. And because well, even Snape earlier in this fic thinks about, hmm, well, should I go after Pettigrew or should I try and get Sirius out of jail? And what's going on with that? And Wait what, a second, Quirrell's in the school. <laughs> and what should they do with Ron and Hermione? Well, I'll let Harry and Fate work those out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except he's screwed with fate so much that that's not going to happen. It doesn't happen as much. I, I do like that at one point he thinks to himself, uh, after he has the talk with Hermione that we talked about earlier, he thinks to himself, well, at least now there won't be a crying first year in the bathroom on <laughs> Halloween. Yes. Even though the, the distress of Halloween won't <clears throat> be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that... Um, Coral says uh, Remus appears more capable than Garlic Towel Man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good description of him. Yeah. Sorry, I heard Quarrel instead of Coral there for a moment. (laughs) I was getting really confused. I was confused because I'm like, is he Coral Garlic Towel Man? I guess they do sound kind of similar, yes. His snake approves of Remus, especially in comparison to Quarrel. Or at least right now she does. Yes. Yeah. And Harry kind of notices he reminds him of the veteran who came for Remembrance Day. Um, yeah, the janitor. The, the janitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also thinking about Uncle Vernon saying all sorts of stuff about professionalism and appearances and companies and stuff and how Remus kind of looked shabby. 
Right. And wouldn't he have been able to get get an advance on his paycheck so he doesn't look shabby? Yeah. Which is a good point, but it probably wouldn't have occurred to Remus to ask for that. Remus no. He'd just be so he'd just be so happy to get a job. He'd feel like it was an imposition to ask for money before he's even worked. Yeah. Yeah. He's not that kind of person. That and then he'd be saving most of it away so he could survive after the job falls through. My gosh, poor Remus. That's, that's completely heartbreaking. <laughs> yes, it is, but can't you see him doing that? I know. Well, considering mm-hmm. in all these fix, Remus works as, like, the stock boy at Walmart or something. And mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he he's not making any very good job. money. Poor Remus. There's not very many jobs that will let you just take a week off every month. Yeah, every month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. He needs, he needs serious. But... He might not have to have that very much longer. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So Snape is now just kind of thinking, what should I do? I mean, things are changing and people are noticing. And, you know, we are idiots. A <laughs> lot of us are absolute idiots. To which I go, yes, Snape, all of you are idiots. Nobody <laughs> notices anything at Hogwarts. Because with this idea that Harry is a slumbering mage... I mean, Patronus at 13, throwing off Imperius at 14. And nobody talks to each other in canon. I mean, we always have these ideas about staff meetings. And it's like what you see at the beginning of the story where Snape goes to the staff meeting. It's probably all rah, rah, quidditch, quidditch, rivalry, rivalry. And it's none of that whole, you know, I have this student who really needs help. Is the student doing as poorly in your classes? Because they, I mean, if they did a, that, mm-hmm. then they would have caught thought, Neville so much faster. They had a staff meeting only when they thought Ginny was dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to have had a before-school staff meeting. Mm-hmm. And we know that they had a... That's how we know that they have staff meetings at all, because there's apparently a room that they do that in that Harry and Ron hid out in. Right. <laughs> Well, it seems like that's just kind of where the teachers hang out and get more coffee type of room. You know, you don't really know that they use it for meetings. This is true. Because they're waiting for, I forget what they're waiting for, Lockhart or somebody. Yes, they were going to send him down after the basilisk. Come on, you stupid idiots. I don't think they were actually expecting him to be any of use. They were just trying to get rid of him. Mm Mm-hmm. They were expecting him to run away, which he did, except that um, Harry and Ron intercepted him. Well, I think Harry and Ron were showing one of those, well, he's probably going to be useless, but we are going through the motions of getting an adult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, In all of this, you wonder why Harry doesn't ever get an adult. It's because all the adults he has access to suck. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, he tries to ask McGonagall for help in book one, and she kind of shuts him down. And that's, I think, the only time that it happened. Right. And then he goes to an adult for help in book two, and he nearly yeah. gets his memory wiped for it. Well, and when he's, it, when he's trying to ask for help in book one, when they come away from McGonagall, Snape's waiting for them, and they're like, oh, crap, he heard us. That wasn't a smart thing. We've, you know, shown our hand. Yeah. So after after those two tries, they never tried again. <laughs> nope. Nope, Except that was for it. Neville. Neville, always, Neville. They sent Neville for help because it's Neville. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I like to imagine that in book two, after 
Lockhart storm, storms out and says, okay, we're, I'll get right on that. And Harry and Ron decide to follow him and tell him where the basilisk is. The rest of the teachers are like, okay, now what are we really going to do? Well, they do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't they? Because Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. And I think the first thing that after Lockhart's gone, <laughs> Snape says something like, oh, well, now that's rid of him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that. that that's – because I, I was that, just reading that, that section. That is canon, yes. P.S. Yes. You will appreciate this. Harry does go for help in later books because he takes Ron to Slughorn – after right. he's had the potion. After so see, he does know, well, is this is true. before he, and he's just had the love potion at this point. He's oh, not yeah, dying at this point. Uh, my God, so, you have to understand. I really, I am in sore, sore need of a canon reread. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't believe that I even forgot that. Ugh. So Harry did go to Slughorn. So we're going to yes. give him points for this. Yeah. He, he thinks it through enough to go, hmm, this is a potion problem. I actually well, like tried. the potions teacher he now. Let's try five. that. <laughs> in year five, he tried. They've got pad footed the place where it's hidden. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the best he could do, but he tried. <laughs> he did try. Yeah. Did, did he tr- So he tr- went, tried to go for help, got shot down in one, kind of went for help in two, went for help in three. I mean... He got help from Remus, various points. So we'll we'll give him points well, for that one. With, he he the the uh, Patronus lessons. I think they kind of he kind of offered them. He didn't really go for help. And of course, when Ron is dragged off by a rabid dog, his choice is to pursue and not get help. Not turn right mm-hmm. around to where Hagrid and Dumbledore are. Yeah. He does actually go after the. Patronus lessons. He asks Remus, "What was that silver thing you did?" And when Remus explains, he says, "Can I learn it?" So, and so Harry showed initiative. Yeah. Yay! Or nope, he doesn't need help. Doesn't ask for help. I mean, even though he's yeah, Moody well, tries, and so does um, Bagman. Forced to participate in this magically binding competition, and oh, no I still have words to say about that. <laughs> he does write to Sirius, I think, but that's about it. <laughs> But that doesn't oh, really count for does going. Not count as an adult. <laughs> no, he really and doesn't. It, and he definitely doesn't count as a reliable source of 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 help in an immediate problem. Yeah, he's not in a position to intervene. Right. Ah, oh, well, that's what we have fanfic for. Mm-hmm. And boy, do we use it! <laughs> right, P.S. Exactly. Although I'm not sure that Jane's any better at asking for help. <laughs> It's a character trait. Exactly. It's a, that's your cornerstone of fate right there, I think. So, they're having their first defense against the Dark Arts class, and Coral says, saying, uh, there's something wrong with this guy. And Harry's like, what do you mean? And then Harry's like, ooh, yeah, I feel it too. There's a danger here. But they don't quite know what it is. Mm-hmm. Danger. And, danger. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And then there's the theories that well, McGonagall feels a bit different, right? Maybe it's like that. Maybe yeah. he's an animagus, but he's like a huge predator. Right. But he doesn't mm-hmm. really quite sort of. buy that one. It's yeah. possible, but yeah. So he's not probably going to be stopping by Remus's office for tea in this version because he's got this... Eh, there's something a little hinky about this guy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but Remus is over the moon. <laughs> there's a good play on words. 
Um, he's, you know, his life has changed. He's got a warm place to stay, a well-paying job. He's at his favorite place on earth. And he gets to teach his best friend's boy. Yeah. How cool is this? And he's been doing really well in all his classes. And mm-hmm. um, he's impressed by Cedric and Penelope as well. Yep. Um, and he was kind of expecting Harry to be more like James, but he's a little bit more Lily-esque in this one. Mm-hmm. And and Remus notices that Harry's a bit guarded with him. Yeah. So, of course, his insecurities are like going, nah, he doesn't like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Flitwick says, did you hear that uh, Coral targeted a Hufflepuff? And Remus is like, yeah, uh, oh, it was Harry? him, wasn't it? <laughs> I yep. understand. Okay, now. I understand. He's just going to be wary of defense teachers in general for a while. Mm-hmm. As well, he should be. Yep. <laughs> There's least- a fic that I read where it was like four, four out of five defense professors recommend Harry Potter should die or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he writes this as an essay, and they're yes. like, "This is inappropriate." Well, actually, it was true. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, and so this—they've noticed also that Remus keeps getting sick, mm-hmm. and so they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with this. And he's wondering if you know should he try and offer to heal him because he's been working on that with Madame Pomfrey and uh, managed to figure out that Lee Jordan had bruised his knee or he'd got hit bludger. with a bludger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love this power. I this is a great power. You just touch the person, you go. Okay, what's wrong with them? And then this magical light shows up and it pinpoints exactly what's wrong and shows him. This is cool stuff. It is. Boop. Fixed. It's nice when Harry gets useful magical powers. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing is so so many times it feels like Harry gets all these really useless things. But at least with parcel tongue, like parcel magic, that makes sense. I mean, you're going back to the, as it talked about earlier in the story, the the symbol for medicine is the two snakes on the staff, so... Mm-hmm. Is it the Caduceus? Think, Isn't that what it's Caduceus, called? Caduceus, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's very, that is, it is Caduceus. I mean, and we've seen other fix you go off of that also, and mm-hmm. and I think it's just... And I don't think it's a case of, oh, nobody's imaginative. I just, I think it's smart use. Yeah, I think it's rather clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually I am the one all harping on the non-canon magic and the why, why did you have to bring that in? But I, I think that here it's done rather well and it's very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I have a cat tangled in my headset. <laughs> oh, dear. Alex, can I have this back, please? Thank you. No, <laughs> it was mine. I wanted to keep it. At least it was. he was just rubbing it. There's been times where he gets in it and then he like lays down and my head hits the desk because he's like yanked me down hi buddy i I love the podcast where he actually called people who did he call yeah it's like one of i think i almost i I may have titled the podcast it's something like no alex don't call strangers oh yeah i remember that (laughs) I was going to tell you to keep that clip for the next intro. Yeah, I may have done that already. So we're back to Severus's point of view, and he's noticed that Dumbledore is suspicious of something. He keeps, you know, giving him these worried glances. Mm-hmm. 
What to do when your professor doesn't act normal, especially after you notice that your recent hire was possessed by Voldemort. <laughs> yes. On the other hand, Snape doesn't really want to act at, like his previous normal because that was an idiot. He was an asshat. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> and he's having a and, flashback, mm-hmm. is Snape. To Harry the Mage, sending him off through the the network of runes. He, yeah. he really trusts him, which is weird for Snape. Yeah, well, and it, he's right now he's Harry was in Gringotts trying to save the goblins when the Death Eaters came, and so Dumbledore and Remus and Snape are going through the ruins trying to find them, and they keep finding all these dead people, and finally dead Bellatrix. Yeah, they did find a dead Bellatrix. They find Harry and. Harry says that his wand blew up. He did magic and killed everybody, and his wand blew up. And about that time, Dumbledore grabs him and says, Hey, wake up! And he slugs Dumbledore. <laughs> I would have liked to see this. <laughs> like, I kind of wish that this was the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would like to see him slug Gambin. That's what I want. I want this <laughs> made in the movies. <laughs> we are never going to let Gambin live anything down. Oh, Not that I okay. really should. Really, but... he was phenomenal in six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think, I think for all I wanted to hate Gambit, I just couldn't hate it. But I, I, I will still always remember hate. the trophy case. <laughs> With that is like the worst sin that any adaptation I think has ever committed is the trophy case. Aww. Yeah. The the book description specifically says calmly. Yes. <laughs> 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 did you do this? Yeah. Oh, but Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? I mean, her, however, he says it, he says it in his like in one breath. Like it's the angry version of one go balmy. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've seen some fun art and Tumblr posts and things around that, but uh, anyhow. <laughs> He's just and, blasted and Dumbledore Snape, across the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Snape just going, oh my word, I'm so glad I didn't just call him Albus, because in his flashback he was remembering how Dumbledore didn't want to be called Headmaster after Hogwarts fell. Right. Because it was a reminder of his failure. Mm. Oh. And Dumbledore has come in at 10 o'clock at night to wake poor Snape up, because... You don't usually go to bed till 11, Snape. What's wrong with you? And I knocked and I knocked and I knocked and you didn't answer. So I thought I better let myself in because, you know, something could have happened to you. And Snape's like, is there a reason you came, Headmaster? (laughs) Yeah. Neville wants Harry to go home with him. And, and you know, Augusta wants to know if that's a good idea. And I thought I should ask you. (laughs) Snape's like, uh... What do you think, Headmaster? <laughs> Snape's learned this. Sorry, as you were relating the whole, and I was knocking, and I was knocking, all I could come up with was, well, I texted you, and you didn't text me back. <laughs> Did you get my text? <laughs> I have that one oh on my dear. thumb drive. I can get that one easy. Dumbledore is not Umbridge. Even no. um, Joe Umbridge. Uh, <laughs> Joe Walker, is it? Yeah, Walker. <laughs> Joe Umbridge. I like Joe Umbridge. No, but Dumbledore kind of likes Umbridge until he figures out that, um, that Umbridge She's actually a woman. Is, is actually a woman. I love you. 
Is this really weird image of a uh, Josie Joe Umbridge with like really <laughs> awkward pigtails? <laughs> oh dear. No, listener land, I do not want to see fan art. <laughs> I could draw that right now. <laughs> oh no, we see we see PS's drawings. That's not a PS illustration. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> and Dumbledore's worried that um, Harry's not going to be safe if they send him to the Longbottoms, and Snape says, well, he's not going to be completely safe anywhere. And- They're the ones that chucked a child out the window to see if he would bounce. Yeah. <laughs> and then this Snape's like, true. oh, wait, I was smart. I gave him a safety necklace. Oh, crap. I didn't mean to tell you that. Shouldn't have told you yeah. that. <laughs> Snape is Hagrid. <laughs> Oh dear! So. And Dumbledore's going. Oh, my pet professor has him. He really cares. He is so nice. Yeah, my boy's all grown up. Yeah, yeah Dumbledore's not enough. smart enough to go. Okay, something is wrong. Uh, oh, he's smart enough to do it, but not. But, but this is one of the things doing... he likes to see happen. So mm-hmm. he's not worried about that whole it. second chance thing. That's true. Yes. So in part 10, um, Neville gives Harry the actual invitation, and Harry's all for it. Yes. This, this is his best friend. And Neville's like, I'm somebody's best friend. Oh, boy. And then he goes, uh, wait a minute, Neville. Your grandma knows about my snake, right? Yeah, as long as you take care of her, it's cool. Okay. Yeah. And he's also invited to come see Neville's parents. Mm-hmm. And this is awkward for Neville to say, and he's like, um, well, okay, um, I thought you grew up with your grandmother. Well, yeah, because my parents are in St. Mungo's. And yeah. So. Poor Neville. And poor, and I just would like to go on a poor Neville rant at the moment to okay. cover, to cover this story. Poor Neville. Because as soon as Gran gets a hold of Harry, it's basically, oh, Harry, you're everything I wanted my grandson to be. Isn't it sad he's not like you? Isn't it sad that he doesn't have the ambition, Isn't doesn't have the talent? And Harry just has to be all kinds of quiet and gracious to the fact that he's kind of getting complimented and he can't really offend his hostess. But this is his best friend that's get, getting insulted by his own family. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, ugh, grand. But grand, he, is, he, grand does not get Adult Figure of the Year awards. <laughs> but Harry no, does tend to kind of stick get little digs in and sn- stick up for Neville. And at one point, the snake's like, um, you better be careful. I don't think she liked your tone of voice. And Harry's like, oh, what? I just was telling her the truth, man. Yeah, but still. Poor mm-hmm. Neville. Poor Neville is right. Anyway, back to the story where Harry is going to talk to Dumbledore. He is. And he actually takes a lemon drop. Nobody ever takes a lemon drop. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's a, Snape a would, moment except earlier. He's suspicious. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want to because it'd be so suspicious that he actually takes it. <laughs> Maybe eventually he'll be able to actually take them and not seem weird. But yeah. You never know. No. Anybody taking one would seem weird. <laughs> Dumbledore's just had to get get used to it. So 
Dumbledore has pulled Harry out to up to the office so that he can give him an emergency port key that will be activated if his life force suddenly drops for whatever reason or if oh. <laughs> that just makes it sound like he's almost dead. Yeah, well that's exactly I'm picturing, it. I'm picturing like we were saying before it seems like a video game like I'm picturing like when like this, when the when you're down to one life. is lying dead on the ground and like the the thing is dropping dropping and then it's yellow and then it's red and then the port key activates mm-hmm. and then he's already so basically so basically harry is a pokemon is what i'm getting okay exactly he's gonna get recalled back to the pokeball with i choose his- you harry potter <laughs> if his l- little like h if his hp count <laughs> goes too low <laughs> oh boy poor harry I will say, I, I don't even know what HP stands for, because I always just read it as Harry Potter whenever health I points. have something health to do points. with it. I would have gone with hit points, but health points makes more sense. Either one is the same you. thing. I'm far too amused by this for my own good. <laughs> I need help. No. It's not even that late here. It's getting there. There's another fun fic that I've read where uh, nine-year-old Harry Potter winds up in the Sword Art Online verse. Oh, and good gracious. when they finally get him out, he thinks Hogwarts is another game and he has to play through every year. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> nobody lets him go back to the muggle world and discover that, yes, his aunt and uncle are still there because they've discovered him in this cupboard hooked up to these things and he's in a terrible state, so they're not letting him back there. And he doesn't realize that he's actually out of the game now. <laughs> oh, my God. His magic has adapted because at the point when he would have starved to death, his magic sort of took hold and re... Yeah, so now all the things respond like the game. Like whenever he kills something, it shatters like the game does. And whenever he looks at somebody, they all have NPC markings. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Right. How to have a well-adjusted boy who lived. Mm-hmm. That sounds like... Highly problematic. <laughs> for... It sounds like a giant mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is for a while, but eventually he manages to... Hermione manages to get through to him that, yes, this is a thing that happened, and you are actually living in the actual world. And, yeah, there's a few other people that manage to become friends of his, and he... Gets to discover the people that he left behind in Japan that he thinks are all dead because last he saw everyone was vanishing in a burst of light. And <laughs> oh, good gracious! I would like to return to this. I think you need to send. Wait, wait, Scott, you need to send that fic to Ryan. <laughs> yes, perhaps. I think That's so. Because that's kind of almost as weird think, as some but... of the Harry is in a mental asylum story. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that that sounds just like the Har- um, Harry's in a mental asylum. Yep. But in this story, Harry is in Dumbledore's office, and Dumbledore has a cut on his arm. I believe it's his arm. And it's bothering him and slightly infected. And so he has decided that he's going to test Harry and see how far his parcel magic has come. And so, and Harry's a little surprised because he figures that Dumbledore should have been able to heal his own wound. But once Harry, once he... Don't you know adults are stupid, so... And he says, do you need me to numb this? (laughs) Dumbledore's like, you can do that? 
Sure, I can block the nerves. No. That's all right. And guys don't do that because it's girly. Mm-hmm. It's weak. I would yes. do that. <laughs> well, but not the guys that he's run into. Mm-hmm. Why be in pain when you don't have to? Really? So he heals it, and Dumbledore tells him he's very impressed. And then he thanks Madame Coral, too. And then Harry and Neville head off. They're on the train station, and they're going to go meet Gran. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we're here. I've managed to lose my spot. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. I have nothing to add. I have already with said everything hat. I want to say. About Gran? Yes. About Gran. Yeah. I, I think I'm sure it's... she eventually warms up. But... Very interesting that she greets them on the train platform, says, okay, here we go, hands them a handkerchief port key, tells them to hang on tight to their belongings because she's not coming back for anything that's left behind. And they materialize in the driveway, basically. Harry has a brief, whoa, look at that great big mansion of a house. Wow, look at this prairie. Before she says, okay, now we're going to apparate to Diagon Alley and get Neville a new wand. She couldn't, like, wait a day? They've just spent half the day on the train. Can't they go home and settle in? Oh, no, we have to go right now to Ollivander's. She's impatient, is Grand. That's mm, true. Well, I think it's probably a better thing that she does that sooner rather than later, but why couldn't they have just, I don't know, shrunk their, their belongings? First. Shrink their belongings? She has because house that elves. Was a charm. That was a charm, and she doesn't like charms. That's true, but she has house elves. They could have come with her and taken the stuff back, and they could have gone straight there. I don't know. It just seemed weird. She's I, a pure, she's an old pure blood. It's a show, it's a show of, status to show off the mansion first and she's Mm -hmm. just used to being able to do things in her own brisk way without thinking about the fact that oh you know maybe the 11 year old boys might get jostled around by doing all this in like less than 20 minutes poor harry he's sick to his stomach and and there's a weird phrasing here she um she says something about him having an iron stomach and hufflepuffs wouldn't which, to me, an iron stomach would mean that his stomach is not upset, but he is obviously yeah, upset. Because at first I was like, well, yeah, that's a thing. Iron stomach, you haven't, but no, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little weird. Hmm. I didn't want me to read that part? That. If you yeah. want to. Um, so basically, they all want to vomit, and Harry's going, yeah, I'm okay, though I think I nearly lost that chocolate frog. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought a Hufflepuff would have a stomach of steel, Mr. Potter, Mrs. Longbottom said, her tone neither light or nor heavy as she looked down at him. Yeah, yeah, well, most wouldn't think a Hufflepuff could be a parsonmouth either, but here I am. And that's where Coral's like, you know, that tone, not appreciative. Mm-hmm. Appreciated, pardon. So, you know, maybe I just don't, am not thinking about it the same way, but it seems to me that, like, iron stomach, and I realize it's... Yeah. I think, I feel like she said it because he didn't throw up, but I feel like if he was going to throw up, I feel like that means he doesn't have an iron stomach. Yeah, it's true. Although I will say that I have always heard iron stomach used not necessarily in terms of um, nausea and motion sickness, but in terms of being able to eat things like spicy food and weird stuff and, you know... That's where I hear iron stomach. It has to do with what you can eat. I'm uh, looking it up in my dictionary, and 
and it says there's no entries found. So apparently this thing that I think is a thing is not a thing. Well, I think it's a thing. Let's Google iron stomach. <laughs> iron it's, stomach. It's idiomatic. Having a, yes, having a stomach that can handle spoiled food or drink and not be affected by it. That's Urban Dictionary. Yeah, urban dictionary. com says a very strong stomach that can withstand bad food or anything nauseating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it would it would make more sense if he didn't respond did, to it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It would have made more sense if she said he didn't have an iron stomach rather than he did have an iron stomach. Yeah. I think in but this anyhow. case it is kind of commenting on his control of it. But anyway, it's... That's like Harry's, Harry's Harry's new superpower is control over his stomach. (laughs) Wanting to vomit and then not doing it. Uh. How's that? Don't you know that? But probably because Neville couldn't help help it for like the first 20 times. Mm -hmm. Poor Neville. (laughs) And poor Neville, now he's in with Ollivander and of course it's going to take forever because that's how the wands do and Augustus is just, uh... <sighs> She's very impatient. She is very impatient. And this is one of the places where Harry kind of stands up for Devil and says, Well, Snape said that sometimes it takes a long time and you just got to be patient. Patience mm-hmm. is not a virtue she has. No. And then she... He gets... Neville some wand holsters and he says, Are you going to keep the second wand? Are you going to keep your father's wand? And she's like, I'm going to put it back in the vaults. Maybe somebody else in the family will eventually use it. And Harry's like, well, hey, let's let him have it as a secondary wand. That would be a good thing. And she's like, I guess, you know. Oh, boy. So It's not something that most wizards tend to think of. You just have your wand Mm -hmm. and you always have it with you. Uh, Snape has it because he's battle-tested, and he's also a spy, so having backup stuff is always a good idea. Is important, yeah. yeah. And the wand holster. I, You know, that makes sense to me. You don't want to put that wand in your back pocket, you might blow off your buttock, so <laughs> it's good to have so a Moody wand, says, anyway. wand holster. Mm-hmm. I can never quite decide if I want to see that story because it would be fun, or I'm just as happy not seeing that story. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You just see it now. Hey, look at that oar. He walks really funny. How come he walks so funny? Oh, yeah, Sam. You haven't heard the story about Sam? Put that wand in his back pocket, blew off his buttock. He's never walked the same. Half-ass Sam. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) And I love the bit that... Neville, uh, Neville's new wand and Harry's wand are now brothers mm-hmm. because Twins. he's got yeah he's got the same wood instead of the same core. Mm-hmm. And that is interesting, especially when you consider the like the Harry like Voldemort Neville connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yes. That was supposed to be the X Files, by the way. Ah, okay, good to know. know. So if I have to look it up, I, <laughs> I can look up X Files. Could also do the Twilight Zone too, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, it's kind of two degrees of wand separation, sort of thing. And it's out of the same branch. So not only are they made out of the same tree, but they're made out of the same branch. And usually, there's only enough 
branch to make one wand. So that makes them even more special. And then they find out that they each have one parent's wand, but the second parent's wand has been destroyed. But they have opposites. Harry has his mother's wand and Neville has his father's wand. Yeah. So they head back to the mansion and it's kind of cool and stiff feeling. Like mm-hmm. Not very many people live there, which is true. But Neville's room is really nice. And Harry has a lot of, enjoys it quite a bit. And then uh, they also come across a portrait of Neville's parents. Mm-hmm. That he has in his room, which is cool. And they haven't started moving because they're not dead. Mm-hmm. So. Not dead yet. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I, <laughs> I don't want happy. to go on the cart. <laughs> I feel happy. <laughs> oh, Monty Python. You could always reference it somewhere. Always. What did I see the other day? I wanted to go for a horseback ride, but I forgot my coconuts. Yeah, I've seen that. It's very sad. It's a person dressed in armor. It's like, I wanted to ride to work, but... No. Yeah. I know where my set of, of horse-clopping coconuts are. They're on my bookshelf. Mm. Oh, very nice. I have Somebody no idea invented. what any of you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Nope. Nor read Ready Player One, I can tell. Nope. It's a fun movie, but... Monty Python is a group of four British comedians. Um, one of them actually plays nearly headless Nick in the movies. Um, and, um, yeah, they had, um, they were a TV series first and often kind of <laughs> absurd sketch comedy kind of thing. Um, but then they also have uh, several full length features that they did. And the one that's sort of the two that are probably the most straightforward as features are, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I've seen, and A Life of Brian, which I haven't. And the first one is kind of following the Camelot myths a little bit with lots of strange twists and things. Mm-hmm. Like uh, King Arthur tries to get a peasant to come help him, but uh, he refuses to because he's not being properly represented in the government. And blondes distributing swords from a pond is not a legitimate form of government. Yeah. And the life of Brian is sort of a similar thing for the, if if you treat the Bible as a myth, it's the following the Jesus myth. And Brian is just this guy who also happens to be around at that time. And a bunch of people start following him around as a, a messiah or a prophet or something of the sort. And he just is trying to live his normal life. And these crowds of people keep showing up and it's just weird. Uh, Sounds weird. I haven't seen that one, so I don't really know all of the things that happen. I've only seen a couple of clips. The only thing I know about it is the fact that always look on the bright side of life comes from that one. Mm. Yes, that's the song from the end credits when they're all hanging on crosses. (laughs) Always look on the bright side of death. (laughs) Just before you draw your terminal breath. Okay. Anyhow, once again, we're a little off course, but a little. Who us never ever happens. I mean, we're only on chap. I mean, we made it to chapter ten. We did. We're almost done with chapter ten at eight o'clock. 
Oh, it's 11 o'clock here. <laughs> yeah. Is, when are we going to... How much longer are we going to go? We can not- end after this one if we need to and then somehow another pick it up. I don't know how we're going to do this. Yeah. But... And we discover that Neville has introvert magic, which is I, th- I think is an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, expresses it in... Uh, it turns inward mostly, and that might be why he's so good with plants and only expresses itself otherwise in great times of stress, such as, you know, falling out a window. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a good time to have, have your magic express itself visibly. Yes, very Very helpful. So. Good magic. Good magic. <laughs> and Neville always heals up quite quickly and things like that. Yeah. And we Harry. shift back to um, Snape's point of view, and he's putting together Harry's next set of uh, potions. Isn't it his last set? It is his last Um, set of potions, yes. Yes, it is. After five months, he thinks he's recovered enough. Remus comes in to get his wolfsbane potion. Good, useful thing to do. And Remus says, you know, you're always boxing up, or you've always brewing these potions, but I never see you drink them or anything like that. Are you you running a a job on the side where you're brewing potions for people? And, And Snape tells him about how... He's been brewing for Harry. Well, for a student. Yeah. yeah. And no, and I am not charging know. them. Yeah. Remus wants to know if Dumbledore knows about this, and Snape says, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. And he was surprised that Remus hadn't asked him about this before. Yeah. And he admits that it wasn't an unreasonable question. So he's mm-hmm. trying to make little tiny Snape-type overtures. <laughs> <laughs> And Remus says he doubts that he or James or Sirius would have been as gracious to Snape as he is being to Remus at this point. Right. Uh, yeah. And then we get okay, Harry serious. getting his three potions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, he, this is the last one. You've probably recovered enough, but you should still take care of yourself. Good advice. It's your potential. And then Neville uh, asks if Harry will help diagnose his parents. Yes, which is mm-hmm. going to be tough, because that's a big thing that's going on with them. But yeah. He's going to give it a try. He doesn't expect him to heal them right away, but maybe he can help find out what's happening. What's wrong, and then maybe the healers can figure it out. And then he gets an invitation to the Malfoy Christmas party. Which I really cannot imagine. Malfoy Christmas party just seems... Weird, but yeah, you wouldn't think it, it wouldn't be a Christmas party, it would be a holiday party. No, it, you know, I, the muggles I, have Christmas, not the go ahead. Well, the, mm. the wizards have Christmas. I, I think of it less of being a Christmas party as much of a maybe a holiday soiree or something. Something, mm-hmm. yes. very, something <laughs> it's very dinner and reception, something, something very cultured and refined and sophisticated, don't you know? Yes, well, mm-hmm. we do know that it's formal. Formal attire. From four to eleven, and dinner and drinks will be provided. I should hope so, if you're going to keep me hostage for seven hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and he's also got a note from Draco saying, you know, hope you come. They're usually pretty dull, but if you're there, it should probably be better. So just yeah. let just... us know. Oh, Draco wants his friend there. Draco does. Okay, who is breathing? 
<laughs> Everybody stops. Was it breathing? I thought it was somebody it like doing something with or something. water or something. No, Alex is down on the feet now. Ow. Mm. Well, I could hear it, so probably Sorry, not me. It might have been me. I, I had to go plug in, so I moved. Mm. Ah, that makes sense. That's all right. It's not that major. Oh, and we have, there's author's note at the beginning of the next one addressing Augusta for you, mm-hmm. Scarlett. It says, she is a bit cold, but remember, Neville wasn't sorted into Gryffindor this time, and it's still first year. Um, The first time we officially met her in canon was fifth book. So there has to be a reason he was afraid of her, (laughs) because he didn't really want the Boggart to turn into her either. (laughs) That's true. It's not anything against the author. It's everything against the character. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's very well written. It's just, you are annoyed by Augusta. (laughs) Good character, bad person, good writing. Mm-hmm. There you go. So are we moving on to visits of monumental purpose, or do we have we gone far enough for one night? Maybe finish chapter 11? Okay, let's do chapter 11. I, I'm up for whatever. Let's do chapter 11, and then we'll, because I do have to get ready for work tomorrow. Yes. And I realize it's only 8.17 here, but... It's... Mm-hmm. I have to it's get up at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> After having a summer off, this is going to be tough. I had to wake up at 5.30 this weekend. Yeah. I had, Not, I had, I had to drive to the airport. Ah, yes. That does happen sometimes. Uh-huh. So Harry has written to Snape to see what he should do about this Malfoy invitation. Mm-hmm. And because Harry talks to adults. He does talk to adults, yay! Especially Snape adults, because he likes Snape. Well, he took him through Diagonale and gave him some good advice. I I love the way Snape does this letter, because he's like, okay, you're right to bring this to me, and let me tell you these things first, and then I will address your questions. So, um... I've been invited, and I will be going, so I can pick you up if you need me to, and I can take you to Diagon Alley to get robes, because I'm sure you don't have any. And let's see, you saved the life of the Malfoy heir, so that makes you special. Yes, there are very (laughs) large magical and political implications. Mm -hmm. Draco has a life debt, and because he's the heir, his whole family has the debt. Yep. You can't forgive it. You can't just ignore it. It's binding and magical. So you just have to wait until Draco can save your life, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And they will, because of this, they'll probably want to honor you a lot publicly. And you are supposed to graciously receive whatever they give you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Mrs. Longbottom will let you go because she understands the politics of all of this. No, you can't bring Neville. He wasn't invited. But yes, you can bring the snake. <laughs> and bring a small party gift. Mm-hmm. So he lets Augusta know that he's going to this thing. Mm-hmm. Neville's okay with it as long as Snape is there, which is weird with canon Neville. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what thing? Things that you never thought the characters would ever say. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay as long as Snape is there, said Neville. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Then they head on to uh, St. Mungo's to meet with Neville's parents. And Mm -hmm. they go in through the the front window with the dummy. And then they're, you know, they're there to visit family. 
and we go through all the different floors and everything. And it seems weird to me that the tea room is on the top floor. But, mm-hmm. Oh well. Well, the bottom like floors nice. need to be there for immediate treatment. Maybe this time it is Alex. <laughs> he totally he jumps up. He puts his head on the computer and he flips it over backwards. Oh, you're it's a reminding bad me cat. of the little things that uh, Zay Frank does with the, the diary of the sad cat. Mm-hmm. It's like, the black pants have been removed from the couch. I now have nowhere to sleep. <laughs> the computer, The computer keyboard is nearby, but no one is currently using it. I will wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All of this fun stuff. So the healer comes to let them know that they can visit as long as they wish. And Mrs. Longbottom introduces Harry Potter, my grandson's friend, you know. Mm-hmm. And the healer's like, oh, I've heard a little bit about you. Yeah, because she's heard she's been he's been practicing healing. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. doesn't mind talking about that so much. And so they go in to meet the Longbottoms and Neville says hi to his mom describes what's going on and mm-hmm. she doesn't really respond to anything. He reaches out his hand and asks the magic what's wrong and there's a whole lot of images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just lots of stuff going on with the nerve endings and so on. Overwhelmed. And he doesn't really know how to remember what's going on with the brain, just that there's some stuff going on in there that is causing problems. And it's going to take a lot of time to work out what exactly that means. Mm-hmm. And then the healer's like, uh, Mr. Potter, what are you doing? You're not trying to do any kind of treatments, are you? And Harry's like, oh, nope. Or Devil's like, oh, no, I'm just introducing them. They're just shaking hands. And so. she doesn't want to risk any accidents or other problems. Mm-hmm. And so they don't try with Neville's dad because it's enough to remember with his mom. Yeah. And then as they head out, they run straight into another healer who actually runs into Harry Potter and decides that he's going to give them a tour. Which I, Now, here's another part that seems kind of weird to me. Because Augusta's been sitting there waiting. Neville's having a conversation with his mother. Augusta says, it's time to go, mid-sentence. Neville stands back up to leave because, you know, he's used to her just going, okay, I'm done, it's time to go. And then the healer's like, I want to give them a tour. And I guess it's like, okay, I'll go to the tea room. Just let me know when you're done. That just does not seem like an Augusta thing. Mm-hmm. It's because it's for Harry, I think. Maybe. It's because she says it's up to him whether they're going or not. And it's partly to maybe give Harry some practice and things like that. Yeah. This particular healer has apprenticed under Poppy, apparently. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's taking them on the tour, and then all of a sudden there's a code lavender, I, I believe it is. Some terrible code. Code it's lilac, yes. Lilac. And so he opens a room and says, Excuse me, can I leave these two boys in here with you, and I'll treat your son for free today? And throws the kids in the room and runs off, and they're like, Hi, this is awkward. <laughs> and it turns out that there's something particularly wrong their son has been bitten, mm-hmm. and they figure out that this boy feels a lot like Professor Lupin. Yeah. And they're wondering if Harry wants to know if um, he can try to heal him. 
And I suspect this is going to be more complex than Harry is expecting. Yeah. So he, they say, yeah. And he uncovers his arm and where he's been bitten, and, you know, it's just a mess. And so he heals that first, and that really makes them kind of trust him. And then he says, well, I can tell he's been bit by a werewolf, and so I'm going to try to heal that, too, with your permission. And they're like, yeah, because they, although the boy knows that he got bit by a werewolf, the parents aren't quite sure about it. And the healers haven't told them anything. They're yeah. they're doing tests. They're kind of waiting for the news, and they're they're hoping that it isn't that. They kind of realize that it probably was, but they're hoping that something else comes up. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, "Okay, I'm going to do this. Neville, guard the door. Don't let anybody in." Ugh. Poor Neville. <laughs> but also, the father's going to guard the door, and yeah. So he starts in on. On the healing, and... Yeah, well, he does his anesthetic first, which is Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. And then there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. He's first just trying to heal the bite itself. And, you know, he can't get rid of the curse scar because it's a cursed bite. And then he says, all right, just lie flat, and I'm going to see what I can do with this curse. Mm -hmm. And he's still doing the sort of shove as much magic at it as you can and see what it does. He just says, curse be no more. And it's basically taking up all of his magic to try and do that. And so he kind of, it's surrounded and it kind of dissipates it and he's starting to pull his magic out and all of a sudden Coral says, whoa, wait. And he notices that it's all sort of gathered at Andy's core and he's going to have to do it a little bit more carefully. And they know that magic, once magic is there, it can't be, like, gotten rid of. So he knows that it's going to have to go somewhere, and he's just not sure what's going to happen to it. And he sort of surrounds this with his magic and absorbs it, tosses him across the room. Yeah. He he and the boy have both absorbed some of the leftover magic, mm-hmm. even though the curse itself is been healed yeah and then the healers break in and like what are you doing why have you locked this door what's going on (laughs) oh i've just healed this boy it's fine (laughs) and andy's like look at my arm it's fixed and they're like uh no can i have cake (laughs) yeah no and healer smithwick wants to know is it true that harry managed to heal this Mm -hmm. and he says yes and he says i healed his arm and then i got rid of the curse before it could take hold and then Mr. Hovel kind of steps in and says he offered to attempt to heal the wound and he stated he'd be scanning for other issues. He told us he found a curse and it was from the bite, but he was confident he could remove it. And he did. Mm-hmm. So I love the end of this chapter. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah, that's great. Once you get past the whole bit with the unicorns and Peter Pettigrew and Bombarda and all that, it's like, oh, look, there's students in the Great Hall. Oh, look, newspaper. And then, oh, Mr. Potter, I ought to throttle you. (laughs) I'm going to step away for a minute. Somebody has just arrived, and I will be back in a minute. And Pomfrey's just roaring and... And there, fuming with steam, practically pouring from her ears with Madame Pomfrey, seething as she stared at the front page of the Daily Prophet, muttering under her breath as she read. 
Harry Potter heals boy of lycanthropy at St. Mungo's. Healers confirm. <laughs> and so now everybody is going to be after him. So. And then Dumbledore, rather tonelessly, as his eyebrows raise, goes, Oh my. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> what, Dumbledore is George Takei now? <laughs> yes, I was going to say, I think that requires a George Takei sound effect. Oh my. Uh, Either that or the Ryan one. Ryan. He breaks the earth into half, and Dumbledore is like, oh my. (laughs) And that is the end of chapter 11. The next chapter is called Festivities and Gifts, so we're probably going to get to see the Malfoy Christmas party and all of that sort of thing. But I think we are going to wrap up the podcast for the evening, seeing as it has been uh, over two hours at this point. So... Hopefully you enjoyed our coverage so far. Uh, I guess we're going to have to reshuffle which chapters we cover in the rest of the episodes or maybe add an, add one in. But uh, it was that require adding some more recording sessions. Yeah. I feel like I broke it. I, f- I feel like this is my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, if it's no, your it was fault, fun. it's my fault too. Because, come on, did you hear me get us off topic? <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm pretty sure we all did at one time or another. I was going on about sword art and um, life of Brian and all sorts of different things. So, (laughs) Yes, whenever I show up, I manage to get them off topic a lot more than they normally would be. (laughs) Good, at least as much as me. We were happy to have you. It's a lot of fun. Mostly because I'm doing things like coming up with Snape in West Side Story. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad just for that. Uh, no, I'm. I wasn't here for the first episode, so I'll just give general thoughts. I like the story. It's well, I've read more more time travel and redos than I can remember. So in some ways, some of it's kind of oh no, same ground. But because Blue Owl is changing so much in first year, because it's an Someone who was an adult at the beginning of the series, I think, gives you a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard for, you, you know, 10-year-old said, Harry to just say, all right, I'm going off to Diagonelli now, or whatever. And he can't be taken as a, he can't be a credible source of information, whereas Snape can be. And whether it's because, oh, he's got this shady Death Eater past, or he, as we learn, as becomes a bit of a, point later, oh, maybe he knows things because he has a history of inventing spells, so maybe he can come up with counters on on the fly. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to that whole, it's interesting seeing stories with more of the adults' perspectives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it is interesting seeing this with perspectives outside of whoever's doing the traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Or outside of Harry's, because... Right. Those would be the two natural perspectives to take. Mm-hmm. And this way we get both of those and also Dumbledore and Professor Sprout and, and probably Remus. further ones. Yeah, Remus is so far in this one. And there might be more as we go on. It's hard to say. It's well done, too. It's not because um, sometimes when you have multiple points of view, it feels like it's just jumping around all over the place. And this, I haven't noticed that. It just seems to flow fairly easily. Now, maybe it's because I've become more used to reading that kind of story. I don't know, but um works well enough for me at this point. Yeah, I really, I think the thing that impresses me the most are 
the things, the two things that Scarlett just said, the integration of the multiple points of view is really well done. And that's something that I'm always looking forward to see that the, you know, when you have different character point of views, that it actually seems like different characters, that there's really some character voice to it. And I think this is really, really well written in that respect. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always, I I really like the uh, time travel redo genre. And I've never read one with Snape before. And I think he's a interesting character to choose to send back because in many ways he knows a lot and in many ways he doesn't know a lot. And I I just think that whichever character the author chooses, and I'm happy that there seems to be more diversity in the genre than there was a few years ago, that different characters' levels of knowledge or different characters' priorities, if the author can really play with those and see how that would change. I mean, I think going after Quirrell first is a really interesting choice because I think other times that we've done this, we've talked about how, well, it would probably be better to just go along with these sorts of things in the low threat years because Mm -hmm. the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I mean, because if you just, you know, break everything up early, that then you have no idea where it's going. Yeah, that sort of leads to the, the idea of the graveyard and that if you can keep it the same until they get to the graveyard, then Voldemort can be killed. You know, as painful it is as it would be to send Harry through all of that again, at least mm-hmm. he can die. But this and takes a, a lot of those tricks do kind of the the TV trope for it is the stations of canon. They sort yeah. of go over the the major points of stuff that happened in the canon because that's what we know and that's how we can mm-hmm. figure out what to make changes. But in this case, even. Snape himself wasn't sure whether he was going to change this first year or what he could do about it, but then he discovers what's going on with Harry and and stuff we didn't know in the first book that was happening that actually made his occlumency in the fifth book worse because of all of the stuff with Voldemort continually trying to get into his head. So having sense. caught this early is going to improve things for them down the line. Mm-hmm. I liked the bit with oh, with Harry getting mind bombarded in first year. I liked mm-hmm. that change. It it fits. It makes sense. It makes things work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And provides a the, new perspective. The only downside is Quirrell not lasting long enough for Christmas means he doesn't get uh, Voldemort hit in the head with snowballs. But yeah. Yes. Oh well. <laughs> I'm sure we'll survive. The twins will have to come up with something else to do. And if they try and do that to Remus, they'll probably wind up in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just send them right back. I don't think that they would, though, because Remus, they like Remus. Yeah, Remus is a, the likable teacher. So, yeah, I guess we'll wrap mm-hmm. that up here for now, and um, we'll have to see what transpires at the Malfoy Christmas party next time. Yeah, I'm continuing to enjoy this story. I have read the whole thing before, but it's been a while, so I don't really remember what happens, but I remember I liked it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since I've read it, too. I can't remember exactly what happened. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast again, P.S. Yeah, it's yeah, been, it was great, been great to be here. I, very fun. I've missed you, P.S. I missed you guys, mm-hmm. too. Like I said, I I should have more time, so if you should ever need a warm body. I'm here. 
Warm bodies are good. Well, feel free to come back next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I might actually have read the fic. <laughs> there you go. Bonus. I think we do was, fairly well at the doing you know, the off old, the cuff coverage. Yeah, I was doing the old Mike thing, like reading it as or who did mm-hmm. reading it as we go. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, that's kind of what I had to do because I was at work and I literally got home ten minutes before we started the podcast. So, <laughs> or fun. before we would have, I think we started a few minutes later after that. Now, yeah, because I was eating and stuff. Bad soup. Mm-hmm. Bad suit. Taking care of yourself and making sure that you're going to have energy to, you know, live. I know. We we are in favor of, you know, eating meals. Of eating meals. Yes. And breathing. Meal. Oh, and breathing. Are yeah. we in favor of breathing? Only when you don't told- do it in, in the microphone. If you're doing yeah. it in the microphone, then you're not allowed to breathe. Because I might have implied <laughs> that P.S. wasn't allowed to breathe. You might yeah. have. Yeah, I'm not allowed to breathe. I breathe. I, I, I am a loud breather. <laughs> I don't even hear it anymore. I, just, I think I, am, I must be a loud breather. It depends on the mic placement and things too. That always yeah. Runs I've been into shifting stuff. my mic because it's mm-hmm. been um, I had to shift. It was it wasn't comfortable. Yeah, well, comfort is also good. We've gotten a little bit less picky about sound quality. I mean, we like it to be good, but if it's you know yeah, messing you with the rest what of you us, it can get. And I'm yeah. in the squeaky chair, and I have to move around so much because of the my knee. So you know, you just get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've probably wrapped up the podcast unless anyone I else has further so. comments on this. So uh, for that, I will say that is the end of this episode of Potterfic Weekly. If you would like to find out the other members of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts, we have Point of View Weekly with Sue and I and some of the uh, previous Potterfic Weekly hosts and also Bob from Spellcast. Uh, <laughs> just sort of rambling about whatever comes into our heads at the time. Uh, and we try and have topics, but being a Puffa family member, they don't always stay on them. Uh, they're a little bit shorter. If you don't have quite as much time to listen to us ramble, you may want to check those out. Uh, there's a archive of the Puffa Exchange. I don't think very many of them are coming out these days, but if you want to hear us They're talking or other people talking about slowly. various different other fandoms or books and movies and other things that we are interested in, there's episodes over there. We now have a Twitch channel called Puffa Plays where Bob and I occasionally uh, play Knights of the Old Republic and hopefully we'll eventually start introducing some other games there as well. In next season, it may become a streaming platform for Point of View Weekly, so we can start doing live streams of that again, but we'll see how that goes. Mm. When you're listening to this, that might already have happened. (laughs) (laughs) True. Spoiler alert, it has. I believe that. We might have. I was was just about to say um, Chamber of Secrets. We we have a bunch of portfolio exchanges should come out eventually we have chamber of secrets we have several more song of ice and fires i believe are in somewhere ready to in come some out some stage I, of editing in some stage of editing yeah cool the terminator i did that one cool and who knows by the time this by the time this episode comes out we might have winds of winter <laughs> and you will hear us <laughs> on that not you like never know. <laughs> we are trying to be a little that'll, bit that'll more be our, uh, timely with our over/under on this episode. Okay? Yeah.
Maybe we're we'll trying to get our Potter Pick Weekly episodes out a little quicker. It's a matter of months rather than years these days, but still. <laughs> yeah, Sue was uh, was talking to me, was har- talking, harassing, something. Take your verb as you want about <laughs> one of the accidental, accidental Animagus podcasts. And I was just like, oh, those, those. I remember doing, actually recording those. Mm-hmm. We did Y'all are getting better. We are, yeah, we did it not very long ago. It helps having another editor. It really does. We love you, Cora. Thank you, Cora. <laughs> More editing is always helpful. Good. Yeah, make us sound good. <laughs> or rather, remember all the times when Sue sounds interesting and make a note of those for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you, Sue. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. Yeah. You invited me. Butter up to make to have us make us sound smart in editing. (laughs) Usually it's me. I've given up on sounding smart in editing. Sue likes me. I do. Do you like me, Sue? Always. No crime fighting confidence from (laughs) my corner. Tis always fun. I love you guys. It was so nice to have you. you back. It is nice to be back. It was fun to see you on the forum the other day, too. Yeah. I saw that Scott Tackle Huggles punched you. I keep trying to <laughs> remember to do stuff like that, because I miss it. Mm-hmm. That is the other link I forgot to give you, fair listeners. If you want to come interact with us on the forum, though it is a little bit quiet these days, that is potterfickforum.com. And Sue will uh, have Hat mm-hmm. sort you in a house. Yes. I will. Hat has been sitting and doing nothing for a while, so he would love to sort somebody into a house. I haven't even had him out long enough to put his new pins on. I got him some new pins when I was in Boston. Oh, cool. So. Well, with that from the Potterfic Weekly Studios, somewhere in the North American internet, uh, <laughs> I have been Scott. <laughs> I have been Sue. I've been P.S. And I'm going to continue being Scarlet. Woohoo! <laughs> good afternoon, yes. good evening, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 I got in touch with Blue Owl right before the release of last podcast, and she had a few things to say. So I'm going to go ahead and read those for you now. Hi, this is awesome. Much more in-depth than I was expecting when you first told me you were going to make a podcast about my fic. I was actually a little apprehensive about how you guys will feel about lettered chapters, as admittedly, there are things I wish I had done differently. For example, spoiler alert, looking back, I probably shouldn't have been as harsh as I was with Smith, and some of the things involving Harry were sometimes a bit, mm, overzealous is perhaps the word. Granted, I had started writing back in 2010, and didn't finish until 2014, so I suppose it makes sense that there would be things I wish I had done better. But anyway, the story's complete, and, like all my other stories, I've learned a lot from writing it. I hope you'll enjoy the rest. I certainly enjoyed listening to the podcast from you all. And these are her comments on the podcast. Uh, this is the first podcast, the, the one from last time. And she says, Chapter 1, to clarify, Harry was 20 when he sent Snape back, nine years into the past, and for Snape's past, I kept canon up to book five for the most part. 
Chapter 2. About the flatulence hex, Harry would have been in his room for the most part, and as the hex could last for months, Harry would be away at school. Smirk. Concerning the three hours a week of chores, I figured Snape would decide that Harry had done enough work over the years for the Dursleys, and now that he needed to get ready for school, three hours made sense. As you guys commented, I wanted to move away from the evil, manipulative chessmaster Dumbledore. I decided to make him more of how I envisioned Dumbledore's character after reading book one for the first time. Ginger Peach, shush! Chapter 3. Thank you for commenting on my ebook that's on Amazon. I hope to publish more books in the future. And by the way, I have read that, and it's really good. Chapter 4. Does your kitten still get the kitten crazies? Well, as you can hear during this reading, yes. Chapter 5. In canon, Harry was excited about potions initially, but after the first lesson with Snape, that changed. Chapter 6. Dumbledore didn't use legitimacy, but something that senses magic, sort of like examining a fingerprint, and he identifies the magic fingerprint as quarrels. Dumbledore did the kaboom! It was part of the alchemy reaction to the spell. Chapter 7. Yeah, the defective broom isn't canon, but I wanted to show that everything bad that happened to Neville isn't always about him being clumsy. Thank you. Looking forward to the next podcast, Blue Owl. And I just want to thank Blue Owl for responding, and hopefully we'll hear more from her um, in later podcasts. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.